0: Seated. Praise the Lord. Is so good to be in a house where the priority is whatever heaven wants to do. Amen. Don't you love that? It sounds to me like church, uh, what, what he intended it to be. Um, I just want to thank the um, invitation that came to me from your pastors. I want to thank you for that. It's such a great honor to me. Um, I never take it as a light thing, just somewhere I'm scheduled to be. Whenever pastors who have said yes to the call and the purpose of God and are sowing the energies of their lives to establish a work in this region— when they take what they're pouring, their faith, their prayer, and the energies of their life into to establish, when they offer that place to me and say, we believe God would have something in you to help us propel what God's called us to do. How many of you know that's not a light thing? It's a very big deal. It will always be a big deal to me. And so I'm honored that you all would trust the gift of God in me and and Pastor Stephen. I just... Uh, reiterate your words I grew up with all brothers I have three brothers and so um, and it's funny because I feel like I've met your entire family before I met you know you all I've met some of your kids before and your sisters and your brother and and um, and so I've just been really looking forward to this time and and uh, i just got back to my room friday night after we had dinner and i just went man i just like them so much i mean you're commanded to love but when you like come on that's like another that's like another level so It's just, it's been a joy to me. It's coming to an end too soon, frankly. I'm going to schedule myself back. I don't have to get up and say anything. I'm just going to come. So if you see me back there, just, you know, know I'm coming for lunch. So, (laughs) hallelujah. Well, um, I had a wonderful time uh, with the women. Women, how many of you were here yesterday? How many of you can say God spoke to your heart? Praise God. Thank you to this house. Uh, Your teams, you guys are just Unreal. There's excellence just dripping off this place, but wow, I mean, everything was like another level. They didn't leave anything behind, I and mean, we just went out to eat lunch, and it was like an architectural digest design out there of chicken salad. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, just so, just prepared such a great place for women. Women love that stuff, but for God to come in and speak to our heart, I appreciated that. But I shared with him that as I was preparing to come to Liberty Hill, Texas, uh, quite a few days before, the Lord began to speak to me about this morning's service. And so, uh, you know, by now you're probably a, a, a little tired of hearing words like unprecedented and new normal and you know all these things that we're walking through and yet the spirit of God would have some things to say to us about that because it's the time we're called to live in and we're not just called to survive it we're here to affect it we're not just here to make it through 2020 we're here to impact 2020 to be the determining factor as the church of Jesus Christ as to how this thing goes So while others are just digging in and try to wait it out and not fall apart, we got to look beyond that and say, I'm not just looking for how to survive this thing, I'm looking for how to impact this thing. So as the church, he has some things to say to us today that will put our feet solidly on ground where we're not on the defensive, we're on the offensive. Amen. And so, uh, so I, I've been looking forward to this. I was up late last night, early this morning, just praying into this word. And so I'm going to ask you, as Pastor mentioned, you know, just to listen with the ears of your spirit. Watch with the eyes of your heart to say what the Spirit of God would say to you and the pictures he would paint on the canvas of your heart about uh, what he's saying. Um, I want to share a story with you before we get into this to set this up. Uh, My family and I, I come from a a big family, as I mentioned. I have uh, all brothers. Uh, It was an interesting family to grow up in. My dad is a staunch New York Italian, and he married a southern girl from the south, from Kentucky. And so we we grew up with a very Italian dad. Uh, we stood out everywhere we went because my dad looks like the godfather. So you just, you know, couldn't hide. And and we grew up in northern Kentucky around where my, my mom and all of our, our family there is from. And and so everybody on our street was convinced we were in the mafia because our dad nobody looked like our dad and just about the time, we would convince all of our neighborhood friends, you know, we're not in the Mafia. We're church people. We go to church. And then we'd invite our friends over. And, you know, my dad would be in there with his black hair and his transition lenses and his, his gold necklace. And he'd be like, you hungry? I'll make you something to eat. Anybody mess with you, you let me know. And our friends would be like, you're totally in the Mafia. So uh, it was a great way to grow up, but we did grow up in church, you know. And um, But every year, still to this day, as busy as we all are and we all live all around the country, we still work very hard to get together to do a week of family vacation all together. And we always vacation in the Finger Lake region of New York around where my dad's from. And there's a family tradition uh, that we try to do every year. There is a, a, waterfall, a series of waterfalls near this lake where we all go. And every year there comes a day where we decide we're going to hike the falls. And so uh, it's something that I go along with. I, you're probably not going to be surprised to hear that I don't spend a lot of time in nature. It's not my natural habitat. I appreciate it. But I, I like to watch it on TV in the air conditioning. Okay. And I love it. I love botanical gardens that have been manicured and the snakes have been removed. That's my favorite version. But, so, but I go along because, you know, it's the family. And we got to hike the falls. And so this year we decided to hike the falls. And so usually the way I get through this is we have to hike through this ice cold creek to get to the falls. And I like that part. I can handle it. But there's a series of these falls. There's three levels. And when we get to the first falls is usually when I, as the martyr of the group, volunteer to stay with the snacks <laughs> while everyone else hikes up the falls and that's my way out. And so this particular year, some of my younger little nieces and nephews had decided they were going to hike the falls. And so I had my little niece, Lucy. And so um, I thought, this is great. She'll be my out this year. And so we get to the first falls, you know, and I took my moment and I said, listen, Lucy and I, because she's so little, she's a girl, her and Aunt Jen will stay here with the stuff, and y'all go up. And Lucy turned around and looked at me, and she said, oh, no, Aunt Jen. I am going up those falls. I said, Lucy, come over here. You don't understand. It's cold. It's, you know, it's muddy. You're going to get super muddy. There's probably a little fish swimming in there. And she looked at her older brothers that were already starting, and she looked back at me, and she said, Aunt Jen, I'm out of here. And so I thought, there goes my so." Up the first falls I go. We get up there. I said, Lucy and I are going to stay here. They were heading up the second tier. Lucy said, there's no way I'm missing out on this. She just has no fear. She did not get my genes in her body. So we go up that second falls, and and it's pretty high up. And so we had kind of decided that was far enough. And so one of my cousins that was with us, he said, you know, rather than try and go back down the falls and all the way down that creek, if we climb up this hillside, at the top is the roadway, and if we walk down, it's a lot faster. Well, I looked at what he was calling a hillside, and I didn't see a hillside. What I saw was just a a muddy, steep incline. I mean, it was degrees of just being straight up. And, I mean, it went way up. And to make matters worse, it had been raining for like four or five days. So it's just, it's just a wall of mud. I looked. I said, we got these little kids. There's no way. All know we'll be fine. And all they all started. Well, I knew enough that I didn't want to go in the first load because I didn't want to be the bowling ball that took out the rest <laughs> of the family. And so I'm the very last one in the pack. Well, because I'm not really a hiker or a nature chick, what I didn't know is when you're the last one in the group that's climbing up a muddy hillside, everybody's loosening up anything stable to stand on. And so we are working our way up this incline. We're about halfway up. And at this point, the little kids are crying like it's starting to fall apart and uh, and so we're getting about halfway up, and sure enough, man, I had stepped in where I thought I had some footing, and because it had been broken up, all that mud and that dirt, it just it just started falling away, and I began to fall down that hillside, and so I began grabbing onto anything that would stop my free fall. I'm grabbing for weeds, I'm grabbing for plants, and I mean it would it would just be a millisecond, and it would break away, you know, and. And so just about the time I'm thinking any second I'm going to fall away from this incline and just fall to the ground as I'm I'm quickly in this free fall down this hill Suddenly, in my peripheral vision, I see this tree that's growing out of the side of the hillside. And one of those roots is growing. And I got my hands around that root, thank God. And I grabbed onto it, and it was strong enough to stop my free fall. I dug my heels in, and I'm panning. I'm like, thank you, God, I almost died. And I just, I just know that I'm going to look up into the eyes of my, my wonderful family that's recognized what happened. And in their compassion-filled eyes are going to go, my God, is our beloved Jen okay? But when I looked up, all I saw was their butts. (laughs) Just no one had noticed that I almost fell to my death, you know. It is what it is. But I was thinking about that story because I've heard in the mouths of a lot of people right now, people feel like they're in a bit of a free fall. They feel like, is this, when is this thing going to stop? and you know another report will come out on the news a new set of numbers will come out and it's sort of like one of those those uh weeds or, you know, a little limb that they try and grab onto and go, okay, well, maybe that information is enough to stop this moment we're in. Maybe the economy is slowing down. It's not in a free fall. The numbers are going up, and, and they think they have an answer for this, but man, it just doesn't take long, does it? And all of a sudden, you find out the information they gave us, well, it, it wasn't actually accurate. And the answer they thought they had, turns out, no, medical science has proven that doesn't. It won't stop it after all and and the numbers that they thought they had turned out they were skewed and what this expert said turned out he had a hidden agenda and just every time there's a new bit of information that comes out that everybody grabs onto we find out that it's not enough to sustain us and the free fall is still happening but what I believe the spirit of God is beginning to stir in the body of Christ and, and what he's saying to us this morning is that the key to what's happening right now is not going to found, be found in any bit of information that's going to come out. The key to what is going on right now is heaven's wisdom. And heaven's wisdom is the only thing that's going to be enough to stop whatever sense of free fall there might be right now. And that when we talk about heaven's wisdom... We're not even, as we said, just talking about something that will sustain our lives and our family and our job and sustain our ability to pay our mortgage. But right now, the wisdom that's coming to us isn't just about sustaining us. Heaven's wisdom is coming, yes, to sustain, but to stretch us into places and pockets of the wisdom of God on the inside of us that we would have heaven's wisdom to reach out to somebody else and say, but what about this you see when we pray and say god stabilize the united states of america stabilize our world god stabilize texas stabilize my company when when we ask god to stabilize us god says all right i will and he plans on using you that the church of jesus christ is still the strongest force of any nation It's Come on, it's not the economy, it's not our military power, it's not our political prowess, it's the church of Jesus Christ, if and when we're walking as the church of Jesus Christ. When the Bible describes who we are, it describes us as things everybody knows about, things like salt, And things like light, these are things that are critical to life on planet Earth. I'll tell you what, this is our opportunity to be critical once again to life on planet Earth. Our goal through this cannot be God, just me, myself, and I. Stop the free fall and sustain us. Our prayer must be God, stretch us. Use us, God. Give us heaven's wisdom for today. That we would so stabilize Liberty Hill, Texas and the central Texas region, Father, that all of a sudden it would be the quickest place that would stabilize in all that's going on. So I want to give you some things about heaven's wisdom because it is the key for living in this moment. Heaven's wisdom is not what comes from gathering enough online articles about what's going on. Heaven's wisdom doesn't come from hearing enough news. Heaven's wisdom doesn't come from being included on the inside info. How many of you got text messages through all this going, Now, a lot of people don't know this, but here's what's really going on. I mean, I could fill encyclopedias. But the key for living in this moment is the wisdom of God. I want to read scripture to you out of Proverbs chapter 8, and I'm going to read this. uh, I'm going to read it 8, 1 through 4, and then verses 22 through 31. And here's what it says. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town and at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I, wisdom, call, and my cry is to all that live. I, wisdom, was with the Lord when he began his work, long before he made anything else. I was created in the very beginning, even before the world began. I was born. Before there were oceans or springs overflowing with water. I, wisdom, was there before the hills were there. Before the mountains were put in place. God had not made the earth or fields, not even the first dust of the earth. But I was there when God put the skies in place. And when he stretched the horizon over the oceans. When he made the clouds above and put the deep underground springs in place. I was there when he ordered the sea not to go beyond the borders he had sent. I'm just saying if wisdom was there before the earth began, then is wisdom not the way through living in this moment in the world today? Wisdom was there before there was ever such thing as a pandemic, any such thing as a virus, or social distancing, or all the things that we hear about right now. Wisdom preceded all of it, because God's wisdom came before, as the Bible tells us, the foundations of the earth. Would you go with me over to the book of Ephesians? And I want us to look at chapter 1. Paul had some things to say about wisdom, and he wrote to the church at Ephesus, and he began to share with him from his prayer life, about what he prayed for them. Now, when you think about the Apostle Paul and all of the powerful, profound things that he could pray, not only for the church at Ephesus, that would be also included in the New Testament, things that we should pray for throughout all eternity. You think of things that he could have said, but when we look at what Paul wrote, this is what I'm praying for you, it ought to enlighten us into how important it is. And this is what he said in Ephesians 1, in verse 17. I pray that the God of our Father, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you what? The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. There's a lot of ways that you could define wisdom, but I think my favorite definition of the word wisdom is just simply the know-how. It's just the know-how to do it. The wisdom of God is the know-how to do something. Wisdom is also defined as the skill or the acumen. It was said of Jesus that he possessed all of this. I want you to think about the things that were said about Jesus when it came to wisdom. I'm going to give you just a few scriptures that talked about this with him. Uh, it says, uh, Matthew 13 and 54, you can just write that down. Coming into his own country, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and what followed the wisdom and these mighty works? Luke 2 and verse 40, it was said of Jesus when he was a child and the child was growing And he was becoming strong in spirit, being filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Uh, In verse 52, it says, And Jesus continued to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. So Paul wrote, he said, pray for the spirit of wisdom. But then he said, and also for the spirit of revelation. A lot of things could be said about the spirit of revelation, but the easiest way to define it, revelation is the appearing or the revealing. It means to take the cover off. To pull the cover off, so wisdom is not to ignore information. In fact, wisdom takes into account all the information that exists about something and yet gives you the best outcome and the highest way. You see, a lot of things are being said about Christians trying to paint us into a corner saying, well, you just are ignoring what's going on. You're just being stupid. You just don't even recognize what's happening. You're just sticking your head in the sand. And I would say to them, oh, no, no, I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I recognize the information. It's just you will have to admit to me that your information is not infallible. Your information, in fact, seems to change on a weekly basis. So while I appreciate the information that's coming from you, I'm not going to live my life based on what you're telling me because there's a wisdom that sits above and looks over all your information and that's informing me of the decisions I'm making. That's heaven's wisdom. This, this um, place of heaven's wisdom is, this is what God is drawing us into to make decisions by, but to give out of right now. This is why Paul prayed, Church, pray for a spirit of wisdom. What's he saying? Pray for know how for everything that's going on. Don't just go by Fox News, don't just go by the last press briefing, don't just go by the news article and the inside info text you just got look lift your eyes to the hills from where your help comes from we could say it this way and look your eyes inside to the spirit of truth that resides on the inside of you because there is a flow there's an articulation of wisdom that's coming to you that's going to seat you above all the information and you're going to come out in the highest way on the other side heaven's wisdom is speaking to us right now you know what i love about heaven's wisdom it doesn't discriminate Anybody can access heaven's wisdom. It's available to all of creation, regardless of gender, class, race, or any boundary established by humanity. But the born-again person, the one that is of the kingdom of God, we are designed and designated to be in working relationship with heaven's wisdom to build the kingdom of God in the earth. Sometimes I think that people in the world think that God's wisdom is only connected to stuff about church. But we just got finished reading how Proverbs told us that wisdom was there present and working relationship with God when the world as we know it was made. So what does that tell me? Heaven's wisdom has some things to say about the economy right now. Heaven's wisdom has things to say about your business. Heaven's wisdom has things to say about your education. Heaven's wisdom has things to say about school decisions for your children. Heaven's wisdom has things to say about your mortgage and the financial decisions you're about to make and the things that you're about to get involved in. Heaven's wisdom just doesn't want to talk to you about Sunday morning. Heaven's wisdom wants to talk to you about every facet of your life. See, I just believe that heaven's wisdom is actually looking at you and I as the entrance into places that don't know God where heaven's wisdom can find a voice. I wonder how many of us might participate, you know, through maybe our jobs, as uh, through Zoom calls or company meetings. Whole industries are trying to figure out where do we step from here? What's it going to look like for us? And where do we go now? And all these decisions are being made and conversations are being had. And while people are busy just reacting to what's going on because everything's changing at one time, could it not be that God has you in that place because you are a portal, you are an access for heaven's wisdom to come through and i'm not saying you're going to pipe up and give them a king james word of tongues and interpretation because good chance you might be dismissed on the other side of that zoom call but what god is looking for is while all those conversations are happening for you as heaven's entry point to be quietly sitting there listening going now father what does your wisdom have to say about all this that's going on right now In fact, it reminds me of a time that uh, I was invited uh, by an individual to participate in a meeting. Her and her husband owned a large company. And their company was considering a lot of major changes that they were going to have to make. And so they had called a board meeting. Their CFO was there. I think their legal representation was there. And a lot of their uh, top uh, managers in the company. And because I had a relationship with this couple, um, they had called me. I had ministered to them before. I had ministered to members of their family. And they said, uh, Jen, would you come and just sit in on this meeting with us? And so I'll be honest with you all, you know, I came, but I, I went in feeling a little bit out of my league. I thought, you know, these people are more educated than me. Uh, these people, some of them have been in business longer than I've been alive, you know. They have much more experience than me. I kind of sat in that room and, and my humanity was kind of going, what am I doing here? <clears throat> and so I went in with the strategy of really saying nothing. And just, just being present as they'd asked and listening. And so this couple, you know, as the CEOs, they kind of put forth where the company was at, the changes they were considering, the options that were before them. And so they said, all right, we want everybody to weigh in. What would you have to say? And so immediately, you know, the CFO, he started giving the numbers and their managers were saying, well, here's what's really going on. And, and so everybody's weighing in and, and I'm just listening because I went into this meeting with the the posture, I'm not saying anything. And so as they began to talk and it went on, I suddenly realized just that still, still something. It was kind of like when you're in the room and you're still present, but then all of a sudden, you know, mentally you kind of leave the room. And I became real aware of just just that dynamic happening. and And all of a sudden, you know, I just realized that on the inside, what they were talking about, of a different version of what they were talking about just started kind of dawning on the imagination of my heart. And it was real close to what they were saying, but it had some nuances, some differences. And what I was kind of beginning to just, what seemed almost like me imagining in my heart was actually going to help the company keep the workforce that they had, what they were talking about was having to diminish a lot of their workforce and kind of start from scratch. But what I was envisioning seemed to answer the problem but kept kept that workforce. And I suddenly started realizing this is not something that I'm coming up with on my own because I don't have the education or the skill to put this together. And just on the inside, I remember thinking, Lord, you know – what do you want me to do with this? You know, I I don't even know how I got in this room. And I'll never forget the Spirit of God just in that moment grabbing my attention. And he said, Jen, you're not in the room because of your education. Others are, but not you. And you're not in the room because of your experience. Others are. And it has a place. Oh, my word, experience has a place. Hey, anybody that can tell me something that will keep me from having to learn the hard way, bring it on. I'm all for it. But I wasn't there because of my education, others were. I wasn't there because of my experience, others were. He said, but you have a seat at this table because you have access to my wisdom. That's what I'm giving you. That's your part. That's why you're here, and you must give it. Sure enough, about that time, I was seated to the right hand of the CEO, and and about this time, she just kind of turned and looked at me, and she said, well, Reverend Jen, you're awfully quiet. And I just kind of smiled, and she said, what, what would you have to say about what we're discussing? I thought, oh, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so now all the eyes, the CFO, the legal reps, all these managers kind of look at me, and it was kind of like, okay, what, why are you even here? But I had to make a decision in that moment to believe that the value of heaven's wisdom was enough to get a voice at the table. And so I just began to say, well, I didn't say, well, you know, it's a funny thing. Like a dove, the Spirit of God just came upon me. And a mist came in the room. It was probably the glory cloud. And, uh, and the Lord said to me, peradventure, tarry not, I would have these things to say. No, I didn't say that right. Come on, we got to be skillful in this day and age. And so I just said, well, you know, I mean, my goodness, the brain power and the experience in this room is just incredible. What a valuable asset each one of you are. And and I've never walked in your shoes. But if you're asking me what I would have to say, hear what what is coming up on the inside of me. And I just began to share it. Now, here's what's interesting, and I want you to remember this this morning. Because we have to leave here understanding that the world won't know to value you because you can access heaven's wisdom. But when heaven's wisdom begins to speak, it draws the best out of people. And so as I began to just share that version of what I saw, I began to notice the body language in the room. That all of those educated experts, the more I began to share it, all of a sudden they went from sitting back and listening. They started leaning in. I saw their wheels start turning. Why? Because heaven's wisdom was pulling on the depth of the gifts and the abilities on the inside of them. It began to activate things in them and pull the best version out of everyone at the table. Not because I had such a great idea and because I was so educated and had, and had this experience before. It's because I was there as a portal, as a door for heaven's wisdom. And it pulled the best out of everybody in the room. This is why I believe heaven is saying to us this morning, my wisdom will stabilize you. Create room, as Pastor Kim was saying, create room and space like that woman built a room for the prophet. Build a room in your daily life. Create real estate for God to speak to you because heaven's wisdom will stabilize you, but heaven's wisdom will stretch you, man and woman of God. It will stretch you to step out and give voice to his wisdom in places where people don't know how to access it, and it will save companies, it will save businesses, it will save education systems, and all of a sudden, your influence, where you work and those you operate with, will go sky high, and they'll go, do you have the ability to share more of that? Uh, You seem to know what's going on. Why are you so calm while everybody else is freaking out? You say, actually, yeah, I I can. I can help stabilize your family. I can help stabilize your home. I can help you from staying up all night, losing sleep because you're afraid that you're going to get a pandemic. I can help you not because of who I am, but because who's in me. So Paul said, pray this over yourselves. God, I ask you for the spirit of wisdom, but he said, ask for the spirit of revelation. So many of you have heard the story of a very uh, famous, well-known man of God. I had the honor of attending the Bible school he founded by the name of Kenneth Hagan. And he would share a story about how God just stirred him to pray that specific prayer every single day. And he started praying it multiple times a day. And what was he doing? He was creating real estate room. And he would just pray that Ephesians prayer. God, I ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Notice it's not just knowledge about who God is, though it includes that, but it's the knowledge of you. God knows everything about everything. He knows how to fix your car. He knows how to fix your kids. He knows how to fix everything. He knows how to fix that attitude problem you have. Okay, I'm just going to keep going on. I'll let the Holy Spirit take it from there. But he knows how. So it's the spirit of wisdom. But then he said, pray for the spirit of revelation. Create room where instead of just going to how you've always done it before and going to the information everybody else is running on to secure you, pray for the spirit of revelation that you would always turn for God to pull back the cover. Always turn and look for God to reveal his wisdom. Because just revelation isn't enough. If somebody comes up to you after church and says, boy, I'll tell you what, I got a huge revelation today about my life, what's the next thing you're going to say? Really? What is it? That's the wisdom. The revealing is the revelation, but whatever was revealed is the wisdom. It's almost like praying for the spirit of revelation is the hunger for the wisdom. The pulling back the cover, the revealing of the wisdom. Wisdom is the way forward. Wisdom is your way forward right now. But the pressing and the pausing to hear it is why its voice makes such a profound impact on our lives. Because you have to push past the loudest, quickest answer to hear wisdom's words for you. Wisdom just expects us to bend our ear to have to hear it. A lot of people right now are looking for another kind of wisdom, the wisdom of the ages. You know, I actually did a search on this recently. Do you know there's a best-selling book right now that you can buy on Amazon called The Wisdom of the Ages? And in case you're wondering, it's 60 of the world's top thinkers that got together and wrote this book and will tell you the best way to live your life. That's The Wisdom of the Ages. Um, There's also a supplement package that you can buy right now online called The Wisdom of the Ages. It's made up of vitamins. It has essential oils in it, nothing against vitamins, nothing against essential oils. But this, these people tell you if you'll buy these supplements, the wisdom of the ages will get you through this pandemic moment. Um, there's also a free uh, Ivy League college course you can take called the wisdom of the ages where they'll basically teach you the cliff notes from people that have been through pandemic type situations before In what they learned. Now, like I said, I am all for information for somebody that's been there, done that, and can tell me what they learned. But the wisdom of the ages is not going to secure you, yourself, and yours through this moment. In fact, I would dare say that any wisdom that stabilized people throughout the ages was probably heaven's wisdom anyway. That somebody grabbed hold of. Isn't it the truth? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, you can write this down. Paul said, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, he said, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began church we are called right now not to regurgitate the world's wisdom but we're the only ones that have been assigned the declarative work of heaven's wisdom and if we're not saying it no one is we said this yesterday at the at the women's conference you know there we need to remember there is no backup body of Christ <clears throat> we're it it's not like if we sit this one out, heaven's going, it's okay. We weren't too sure if y'all were going to do the job. So we've got another body of Christ group in the wings that we'll usher will usher in. There's no second string. Heaven's counting on us. And we are called to speak heaven's wisdom. The collective wisdom of the ages at its best can only tell us where we've been. But heaven's wisdom knows the end from the beginning. Heaven's wisdom is complete. It is sure. It is sound. It takes into account all the pieces and gives you your true north. It is the sure grab. It will not fall away or dissipate. Theologians call our God the omniscient God. Because he is. Wisdom will sustain you. I want you to turn and look at Isaiah chapter 11. And I sense in this portion of scripture. Just a real prophetic word of the Lord to us right now. In fact, as I read this, I would encourage you to add this to praying Paul's prayer for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon you every day throughout the day. But I would encourage you to add this, to declare this over yourself, declare it over one another, declare it over your family. There's something on this portion of the word of God that the sense I have in my heart is it's one of those portions where God is saying, say this right now. Say this right now. You know, that's how God works with us. Remember, Jesus said, what was the secret of his earthly ministry? I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. He was the word incarnate. He could have just been going around saying all the word all the time, but that's not what he did, did he? He said, I listen for what to say when. I'm skillful with the word. I listen for what to say when. And when I say what he tells me to say, when he tells me to say it, I get heaven's results. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2 says, And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, and the spirit of the knowledge And of the fear of the Lord. I believe heaven would have us declare this over ourselves and say, and the spirit of the Lord does rest upon me. And the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. Come on, there is a spirit of might that is upon us right now. Not to shrink back like everybody else is doing, popping our head up going, is it over yet? There's a spirit of might. I'm not talking about a spirit of ignorance. I'm not talking a spirit of ignorance that just pops off at the mouth that says, I'm not scared of anything. I'll just go out and do whatever I want. I'm talking about a spirit of might that says there is no fear here. Not because I'm ignorant of, because I'm looking from a higher perspective of heaven's wisdom. That's how you don't foul up decisions in your life. You don't look at it on this level. You get seated above and you look down and go, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to jump out and do this. I'm not going to jump out and do that because I'm looking from up here down. And from up here down, there's a spirit of might on me that informs my decisions. A spirit of might enables you to with boldness live your life and do whatever God's called you to do, even in the midst of a pandemic moment. I have been bombarded by, you know, individuals, the people that, I, that I've met in different parts of, of culture, you know, work in different things. And, and, you know, we follow each other on social media. And, and every time if I post something, I'm going somewhere or I'm on this plane. I mean, I can count on like five or six text messages, you know, from this circle. And they'll be like, uh, man, how is it out there? Did you, you know, did you, are you in a hazmat suit on that plane Yes, I'm in a full hazmat. My hair's messed up. Are you kidding? I can't mess up this hair. It takes too long. And the, But, you know, they'll just text and, and uh, you know, I'll get text. Pray for me. I'm about to go to the airport. And, and, listen, I know people are where they are. But what I'm saying is that our posture from heaven's perspective gives us not a spirit of ignorance, a spirit of might. A spirit of might. I don't go to the airport cringing. <laughs> Why? Because I've already taken care of spiritual business, of sanitizing myself before I left. If you think by now that a gel called hand sanitizer and a, and a little paper mask is the only thing keeping me from viral death, then pack me up now. <laughs> Come on, I have been on too many missions trips had to use too many uber questionable bathrooms to believe that a tiny little bottle of clear gel and a paper mask is the only thing that's keeping me alive. Are you joking me? I have flown through the worst of flu season for the past 15 years with people hacking in my face, kids puking all around me on the plane, and you're telling me that that's the only thing that's keeping me from being sick? Really? Now, again, I'm not throwing away the information. I'm just saying that there are things that I do to walk in health and wholeness before I ever leave my house. And it's a higher wisdom. And I'm very, as as much as other people do not leave without that hand sanitizer, I've got one in my purse. As much as people do not leave the house with that mask, I've got one in my purse. Now, I will say it's more because I don't want to put other people in fear, and I do it because of where they're at. But as much as I don't leave without those things, I don't walk out of my hotel room. I don't walk out of my house without saying, Father, I thank you that I'm in covenant with you and that the blood of Jesus covers me. And I thank you for divine protection. Father, I thank you for the stripes you took that, Father, freed me from all sickness and disease. And I declare once again... Karen, I got in the car. I said, I laid my hands on her. I said, no sickness or disease can touch you. It can't touch me. And then I go about and I go about my day, not in fear, not cringing, in a spirit of might, On the offensive, looking for heaven's wisdom. Heaven's wisdom will cause you to do bold things, not ignorant things, bold things, skilled, bold things. So wherever God has you positioned right now, whatever it is that you do, whether it's vocationally, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your families, understand that the way heaven views you is an access for his wisdom to come through you to help stabilize other people. If we're called to be salt, that is the saltiness that we're called to be right now. And the reason we have to do it is because this is a territory-taking moment. This is a territory-taking moment. People were so busy just flying through days and days of their lives with no time to hear anything you had to say about kingdom life. People were so busy flying through years of their life, working that job, raising those kids, they don't—they don't have time to listen. But all of a sudden, people will pause and have an ear to hear. Church, we can't miss our moment, and we know enough by now that they're not all going to walk through the door of the Bloom Women's Conference. Wish they would. They're all—not all—going to show up. But you know what? They don't have to because they're going to cross paths with you. And when they cross paths with you, they cross paths with heaven's wisdom. And somewhere along that line, they go, man, where, how did you get, where did you learn? Why are you so? And that's when you can say, hey, why don't you come with me to a place that taught me how to live this way? In the first place. Why don't you come with me to a place called New Life where you can become everything God always intended you to be? That's what he's doing for me there. It might just be that this is our our saltiest, brightest moment. But the thing about it is we've been in here talking about this. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is here right now. Revelation is causing things to pop to the top on the inside of you. Revelation is pulling back the cover. It's pulling the top off and going, these are the things that you need to know. All of a sudden, Revelation is revealing to you your next steps. Revelation is beginning to talk to you about that problem you keep circling back to, circling back to, circling back to. All of a sudden, Revelation comes and reveals what? His wisdom. His wisdom. Anymore, whenever I have a knee-jerk reaction to something in my flesh, I've just trained myself, when it's a real serious reaction, to just make myself pause and go, now, wait a second. I'm going to go deeper for heaven's wisdom. Because there's a reason why this is just setting me off. God, what's your wisdom? I'll tell you, it'll save you a world of heartache. Somebody's getting help today. Hallelujah. Heaven's wisdom will make you do bold things. Heaven's wisdom will propel you to do things that make no natural sense to your mind. Which one are you going to put your faith in? Heaven's wisdom will cause you to give things that your mind tells you, why would you give that? That's the dumbest thing you could do right now. Don't you know this is a time to batten down the hatches? But then heaven's wisdom will cause his word to come up on the inside of you. The first week of that shutdown, heaven's wisdom brought up on the inside of me. And Jacob sowed in the time of famine. And he reaped a hundredfold. In a time of, it was the first thing that came up. First thing I did, staring at four months of cancellations as a traveling minister, as a speaker. So fun. So fun. Not fun, guys. It was not fun. What am I going to do? Here came heaven's wisdom. And Jacob sowed in a time of famine. You talk about your head doing a number on you. So, are you joking me? But heaven's wisdom was my way through. All All my natural mind could tell me about was where I was and where I had been. But heaven's wisdom knew my way through. I'll tell you what, I sat down, I said, All right, heaven's wisdom, so and so where and so what and so, so how. And so we just began to do it, and I'll tell you, standing here with looking at four months of, of cancellations, never missed a beat financially. Everything paid, every employee paid, nothing missing, nothing broken. Stable, ready for the future. Got to be a blessing to other people. Still getting to sow and be a blessing. I thought, come on, I could have been home all this time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, maybe. Maybe just a heaven's wisdom, where were you last year when I was paying American Airlines every single week? Heaven's wisdom was probably going, we tried to tell you, but you were too busy. I'm telling you, heaven's wisdom will cause us not to survive. It really will cause us to thrive. It's not a cliche phrase because it's been happening for generation after generation After generation. So what is heaven's wisdom saying to you right now?